Buckle up, listeners. I love that, Carl. That's really clever. Is that because there was um, a seatbelt sign noise? Yeah. Well, welcome to... Well, that fucked me up. <laughs> <laughs> a podcast with Luke Coulson. And Kyle Wise. And a seatbelt sound. Uh, every week we'll be talking to real guests about their amazing, often traumatic, life-changing experiences and events that have happened to them. Focusing on stories of survival, hope, and overall triumph. Yeah, so really focusing on the good stuff that has come out of some pretty extraordinary things that have happened to people. Yeah. I love that. Me too. Yeah. Uh, we actually have our first sponsor too, which is jolly exciting. And we're now sponsoring... I feel yeah. like now's a great time to use the seatbelt <laughs> sign. And the original Handlebar Jack, which you can find at www.handlebarjack.com. Do you know what that is, Kyle? I don't. Right. So you know when you need to mend your bike, your bicycle, and you turn it upside down because your chain's fallen off, or maybe there you've got a flat tire? Yeah, I was thinking, man, it always messes up with my gears. Yeah, it messes up with your gears. So now there's a little stand, which is perfectly portable and comes in a really nice package. And these two little clips, and they clip onto your handlebars. They're completely universal. And then it turns into a little stand. So when you turn your bike upside down, it literally allows your bike to balance. It's like one of the most cleverest things. And I just want to add that we're not a bicycle podcast. However, we are all about surviving traumatic and life-changing experiences. Have you ever had a flat tire on like a grimy, dusty road? Yeah, it's the worst. The worst. So now our tenuous sponsorship link is complete. If you do go online at www.handlebarjack.com and you type in the code WTFMU, which is actually the acronym for our podcast, which we had to write down because it really confused <laughs> the fuck out of us, <laughs> then some of the proceeds will be going to foodonfoot.org. That's foodonfoot.org. And those guys are helping out the unhoused and the low-income neighbors in your neighborhood. So our friends at Handlebar Jack will actually donate um, some of the proceeds to that amazing organization. So, I mean, it's a win-win, people. Incredible. Um, we're here for another episode of our our podcast. Well, that fucked me up. Um, and what we're finding out more and more with these stories is that it ended up not, not fucking us up, actually. It ended up really helping us out. So maybe we should be changing the name of our podcast to, well, that turned out all right <laughs> um Luke, i was on um i was on the elliptical the other day and i thought you know on that podcast we both love morbid yeah love they it. say hey weirdos yeah we don't have a tagline like that we can't be like hey fuckers oh we can we could but i think immediately people might switch off if you use like an angry derogatory term towards them before they've even given us a go um so we'll have to figure it out, but I like it. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna jump straight into this episode, and um, we're gonna introduce Eliza. Uh, Eliza, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Good. Thank you for having um, me. Well, we can hear you, which is we're doing better than we were 15 it's minutes up. ago because we we couldn't. Um, and I think the way we like to do this is keep it. Um, you know, we we tend to not edit um the sh the show mm -hmm. unless we we desperately need to, or there's all sorts of audio problems. Um, you know, you can give us a, a more of a monologue, or we can do back and forth or chat through. But I know you're going to tell us your your story that involves your mm -hmm. son and 
where it cited you can start right back at the very, very beginning. You can maybe give us a little bit of like a snippet of you, where mm. you're from, and then just dive, we dive in, we just dive in. I, you know, back and forth works good for me. Great. So at any point, just dive in. Great. Um, but yes, so you mentioned my son who, before we started recording, you actually met briefly um, uh, Isaac, who is 13. Yep. Um Isaac is autistic. So my kind of chat with you today is about um, having an autistic child. But really, more than that, and, I, you know, I will go back to the beginning and, and introduce that that whole concept. Um, but it's not really about autism and it's not really about Isaac. It's more about how the world just doesn't work very well for him wow. and for us. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he, he's fucking brilliant um well we did we met him we met him and and i'm slightly annoyed that we weren't recording because it was just Uh, such a great snippet i'm sure he'll come back well we'll have to do an entire episode with him i'm for sure we're heading we're we're heading there i can feel it maybe um but yeah so Really, from the beginning, before he even arrived, really, he definitely made himself known. I had a, like many, many women, a really, really traumatic birth with him. Um, I think from the beginning, he was kind of going against the traffic right from the beginning. Um, He just didn't want to come out. um, But the medical world kind of, you know, did everything they could to make him come out. Um, And having him... I've, I've, you know, I've spoken about this quite a lot yes. over here in London to, to all sorts of people. But it's a bit like um, when he was born, it was a bit like having a car crash. Wow. But then you're handed a baby. Wow. And they mm-hmm. say congratulations and you have to just kind of get on with it. Um, and my husband, who's not here, but he'll say that, he, you know, literally as he was born, he had this look on his face, which was like so bewildered and just so like what the hell is going on um so that um that was his birth and you know I I took two three years to even be able to talk about it because it was just so horrendous because the birth was so traumatic yeah, the, the birth was incredibly traumatic and the kind of lack of aftercare ah. and the lack of just talking about when you have a baby and it's not a magical experience. Right. Um, first of all, you can't even say that yep. as a woman. Right. You know, um, you're meant to talk about how incredible it is. And the moment you meet your child, it's magic. Yes. And there's this connection. Um, I didn't have that, you know, um, and um, that led to kind of postnatal depression mm. and and all sorts. Um but really, Isaac's first year, you know, if, if, you, if you met Isaac as a baby, you looked at him and you smiled, he would smile back. He was the bonniest of babies. Mm. Um, um, but hindsight is a wonderful thing. Um, so his milestones were very, very late. Um, uh, you know, he crawled at one. That normally happens well before a first birthday. He walked at two. There was no speech at all, mm. um, but he would make a lot of noise. Right. Um, so, you know, when it's your first kid, you've had kids. Um, 
I didn't know. I was just like, okay, so he's a bit of a late developer and yeah. that, that's that. But he was just really, from kind of age two onwards, just really, really unhappy and distressed over the tiniest things. Mm. Um, and then again, I just thought, well, I, I've just... I've just got one of those babies then, you know, one of those kind of <laughs> difficult ones, um, which is, you know, now looking back, just, it was so wrong. Mm. Um, one distinct memory that I have is when he was at nursery, he was two, and we lived about a 10 minute drive away from the nursery. And I would pick him up and I always took the same route home, but for some reason that day, I turned left at the end of the road instead of turning right. And he just went absolutely bananas. Wow. He's two. Wow. I was like, but screaming, screaming, so distressed. This was not a tantrum. Wow. Um, and it just, it just seemed to happen a lot. This kind of, he was just so discombobulated and just unhappy with every surrounding you would put him in he didn't play with things typically he would you know if he if you know a neurotypical um little boy or girl picked up a car or a train they would go choo 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 and push it along um and he would just twizzle it around and just look at it wow. intently and he was just into the detail of everything thing mm. um my husband always says that he could see it well before i did right. um but maybe I was just knackered and, you know, he had more things to get on with and <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, so at the age of about two, two and a quarter, I took him to the GP and I just said, you know, he, uh, I'm just not sure. I think he might need some speech therapy or he just feels a bit delayed. Mm. Maybe we could look into it. Mm. Fast forward to just after his third birthday. Um, and we had an appointment with a paediatrician. So this is kind of nine months of observations. You can't, there's no blood test. There's no, you know, there's, you know, you can't just um, have a blood test. Yeah. And, and you get the autism diagnosis. Um, so yeah, that was January, 2011, January the 11th, 2011. Uh, and he was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. Right. And that's at yeah. the age of three. At the age of three. Because by that point, yeah. they can do tests on cognitive behaviour. It was all observations. Like so right. speech and language therapists right. saw him. A paediatrician saw him. And then obviously his parents, you know, me and Matty, you know, are the experts in a way. Because the of information course. we gave was the kind of most vital key into who he was and what he was finding hard. And, yeah. Um, Did you see that coming, that, Eliza? Had you thought? Had you done enough research on the build-up to his that that diagnosis? Like literally, that... if you'd said the word autism to me, oh, we've just frozen a bit. Um, if you had said to me the word autism at that point, literally, even on that day, what would have been conjured up in my head would have been Rain Man. <laughs> right. Um, and maybe some kind of few mad anti vaxxers that talk about <laughs> MMR and autism. Right. Yes. That, that's it. Yeah. I, I didn't really know, even know what it was. Um, you made so, describe like how you felt when you yeah. said the word autism. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. Not a lot of people ask that. So thank you. That's, um, why, I, that's why I bring Kyle along. 
Yeah, no, he's good. <laughs> um, so I'll be really very, very honest. Um, I was relieved. Mm. I was like, I didn't know what it meant. So I didn't know the impact of, you know, what the last 10 years have been like. But all I felt was such relief because I thought it was my fault. Wow. I thought, I'm not doing this parenting thing right. I'm not, I'm obviously doing something wrong. I'm making him unhappy. I've not done enough. That's why he's not walking. That's why he's not mm. talking, etc. So I had a name for it. Yeah. And it's just incredibly powerful because it makes you realise, okay, he needs some help. And now we can give that to him. Mm. So that was my like initial feeling. Mm. Um, but what happens after that? And, and if I can just add, like at that meeting, amazing paediatrician, but over here in the UK 10 years ago, we got a diagnosis of autism. She handed me a file, um, like uh, with 100 pages in it, which just said on it, special needs diagnosis. <laughs> wow, yeah. General enough for you. Yeah. Um, and she was fantastic. And, you know, she was very, she said, you know, I'm going to give you this. All I'm going to say now is I know you're not thinking about it now, but just really think very carefully about where you sent him to school. And that didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. But now, now I understand the importance mm. of that. So, yeah, we walked out of there with a diagnosis and a folder full of really like generic information about, you know, he could have had anything from autism to Down syndrome to you know, cerebral palsy. I mean, it, there was no personal um, or a kind of individualised mm. information in mm. there at all. Um, and then from from then on, uh, the, and the reason why, you know, talking to you today, I was, I was thinking about it before I talked to you. It was like, it's not, it was about how this changed our life because there was nothing out there for us right. and for him. Right. Not the autism, you know, once you find out what your child needs, if they've got any kind of challenges, um, once you've got that information, it's really powerful. It, you're in control of the situation. So once I knew what he needed, he was a really happy kid. You know, yeah. once I got him into the right school, I'm saying that like in a breath, in a sentence, but that was a whole other story. That's imagine. a whole other podcast right. altogether. Yes. Um, He's at this incredible school where he'll be till he's 19. They support him. They support us. I would literally not be here without them. That's amazing. Um, once he had speech therapy, once he got occupational therapy, it's like scaffolding. And once he got that, he's just getting on with his shit. You've met him. He's yeah. like, do I have to talk to Luke anymore? I'm doing a YouTube premiere now. Gotta go. <laughs> you know, like he's a, such a little dude. He's amazing. And people that meet him are just completely charmed by him. Yeah. And, um, but the thing that was life changing was how hard it was. It was just so hard for him and so hard for us. Was it upsetting? Because was it, it must have been upsetting for you along the way. I mean, what you described when you had the diet diagnosis was that relief mm. and I can really understand that mm. but the frustration and and getting upset because he's your son and you're like what what 
we got to we got to make it better somehow, you know? Yeah, and you you you'd be amazed. I mean, I know it's different wherever you live. And I actually think knowing friends of mine that have got autistic kids that live in America, you guys seem to be quite ahead of the curve. And um over here, things are definitely getting better, but for example, the things that immediately was were hard was just people in the street just people in the playground just and i think i might have been one of those people before i had isaac interesting really like and that's how this has been life changing for me because i'm absolutely a different person just full stop just you know i'll i'll give you an example so like the thing that that is just cemented in my mind is just being in queen's park playground and isaac wanting to go on the slide and he can't he at the age of 4 he couldn't wait his turn he it just mm. like i need to do that now and if i can't do it it's a catastrophe mm. it's just the things like queuing waiting sharing mm. um and what happens is parents just see the behavior so they see this kid that won't wait. Yeah. And then the kid that won't wait, who has a, in inverted commas, tantrum, and then the parent that is not telling him off, mm. the parent is comforting him mm. and and asking the, the parent, would you mind if my kid mm. went in front, please? Mm. Uh, and it, the, the, the judgment is just, it cuts through you. It's just... Gosh. Uh, that's so hard um even now like i wouldn't go back there if you know yeah i can, I can... For, him, for him for me too you know it was just like it was just so hard so um, a lot so a, yeah. a lot obviously a lot to do with your awareness and your knowledge of how to negotiate these um situations mm-hmm. but as he gets older and his awareness of what yes. he, what his diagnosis is i mean the funny yeah. he came on just before we started yeah. recording, it was like, hi, I'm Isaac, I'm autistic. And it's like, good yeah. to know. Just good, good to know. And I and I think that's a what that's I'm so proud of that. And I am like, I'm I'm and that's not been forced upon him, but I am for me, my goal as a parent is and I, you know, I get this from speaking to a lot of autistic adults. Yeah. And they just say, you know, it's all really great that you're doing all this awareness stuff. <laughs> Um, but you're not autistic, yeah. you know? Um, and my son, you know, if you told me 10 years ago that he could even say, hi, mum, how you doing? Right. You know, I didn't even think he would speak. Yeah. So wow. the fact that he can speak and that he speaks a lot. Wow. <laughs> um, and that he really owns it. He just owns this, this, I'm not even, I don't want to say the word diagnosis. He just owns his identity. It's like, yeah. he's, he's Isaac, he's autistic, but he's also British. He's Jewish. He goes to this school. Yeah. He's, you know, it's, it's got to a point where it's part of who he is. Um, yeah. And he just kind of, that's why he asked you, are you, you know, yeah. he asked, are you autistic? Yeah. Like, are you French? You know? I mean, I love that. I love that. Yeah. The simplicity of that. I wish more people were like that. You're like, hi, I'm Kyle. I'm moody sometimes. And I, you know, right. drive yes. too fast. And know, that's a wonderful trait of yeah. a lot of autistic people. And, you know, I always have to caveat this with, there are a lot of autistic people that don't have language and that don't have 
um, the social um, kind of ability that Isaac has got. You know, mm. it, that's why it's called a spectrum. So when I'm presenting autism, I'm presenting Isaac. Of course, uh, you know, that it's makes really sense. important that I say that because mm. there'll be a lot of parents or people that might listen to this that don't have my experience and. When you've met one kid with autism, you've met one kid with autism, and 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 that's mm. an important thing to just yep. to hear about. Maybe for our listeners who aren't familiar mm. with autism, mm. could you maybe describe how um, autism is different um, from just say other yeah. kids? Or other, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you just take the kind of really basic explanation um, of what autism is it is a lifelong developmental disability which affects how people communicate and interact with the world so that could be at one end of the spectrum you've got Asperger's which is someone who really at their most um, challenging time finds social interaction incredibly difficult but they have language sometimes really advanced language so that's one end of the spectrum and at the other end of the spectrum, you might have a child that has got all of those um, social and communication difficulties, but they might have other really complex disabilities alongside that as well. So you can see how, you know, it can really cover a whole range of people and challenges and incredible abilities as well. Yeah. You know, I have one other question that was kind of yeah. Because you had said that, you know, prior to his diagnosis that you had blamed yourself, essentially. Mm. It, it, I mean, that's such a mother thing to do, too. <laughs> <laughs> but have you, is, have you, but, and, and a Jewish thing. I'm a Jewish mother. So, you know, <laughs> double whammy. <laughs> After you got the diagnosis, did you, um, and I, I don't want to, did you kind of blame yourself for that or his diagnosis? Or were you just like? Yeah, so... I, the answer, the quick answer to that is is no, um, but I know a lot of people, and I understand why. Even though it's not where I stand, they have to kind of know why. They have to know why is my kid autistic, mm. and I think that's why you find people searching for those answers. You know, mm. that it's we know it's genetic. There's not one gene. But what genetic means is if you just look back in your family, you know, in our in our family, certainly on my husband's side, there's definitely relatives where you think, well, yeah, maybe that it, it could have passed through the family that way. Um, but it's just not that straightforward. I I do know people and, and speak to people a lot of the time that, that search and search. And I think that's why the the vaccine propaganda is so big because mm. I think people want to know why that yeah. you know and I, I I don't blame them I don't agree with it at all and my kids are vaccinated and I had my COVID vaccine yesterday um which is amazing um although I don't agree with them and I campaign vigorously to get kids vaccinated I understand why because mm. your child is like is so precious um but for me, I, once I had that diagnosis, I never searched for the why. I just wanted to know how can I make his life easier? How, how can I make our life easier? Because it ripples out, you know? Yeah. And it affects not just, not just the child, but it affects the whole family. And, you know, 
Mm. Uh, Lou, you mentioned we go back a long time. So, you know, you might have memories of the kind of family that I come from. It's mm. a very big, close family. Mm. But the people that surprised us the most were the ones that, they were the ones that I thought would really rally round and like be super cool about it mm. and just accepting. Mm. I think when you love a person and when you love a child, a new baby, a grandchild or an, a, a niece or a nephew, you just think they're perfect. You just, you're like, no, this, he's just like us and it yeah. doesn't matter. And the thing that people missed was I needed them to see that he was different. Right. It wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad thing. We're all different, but he was different in a way that we had to adapt and we yeah. had to make changes as a family because if we didn't, then he was being denied being able to have an easier time day to day and that yeah. it took a really long time to get people on board that is a really great way to end the discussion and it's just amazing i think like what well, one one of the we always talk about the common threads with stories that we've been covering yeah. <clears throat> and one of the big ones is acceptance because once yeah. you've accepted whether it's a diagnosis to yourself or a child or something that's happened or something that's caused trauma once you've accepted it and it is what it is and it it is how it is there's nothing i can do to change that now i can start to figure out the best tools in which to move along with it you know absolutely i never used to be this clever eliza i'm not too sure if you remember but um you know Uh, (laughs) well if it is true like i i just 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 to end it it's like however kind of cheesy it might sound I think cliches are cliches for a reason because there's a real truth to them but he absolutely has made me like a far better person there's just absolutely no doubt in my mind I think I was a little bit of a I don't want to use bad language but you can yeah, you swear a lot it wasn't yeah. as good a, no I just was a bit of a twat before I met him <laughs> and I, I, I was quite judgmental mm. I was quite narrow-minded um, and just genuinely, you don't need to be an expert about autism to, to get him or to get on with him or to make his life easier. You just need to be kind, mm. really. Yeah. Like just open-minded and kind and, 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 you know, and then his life and my life is a lot easier. Can I ask you one more question? <laughs> Please. If, I guess if you could tell... You know, maybe uh, there's people listening that want to start a family or uh, people that already have children with autism or people like me who have uh, no clue about until we started talking about this. Like, what would you say if you could leave something like kind of hopeful for people, Mm. what would it be? I would say that um, having Isaac has enabled me to um be so much more honest he's eradicated the bullshit out of my life that's that's kind of the clearest way i can say it i love it and the, the reason he has is because when you meet him and when you experience him he's got no edge to him he can't lie he can't um he, he can't dance around anything. Mm. And when you live with a person like that, it rubs off on you. Mm. Um, That's amazing. So, so yeah, I, you know, he's absolutely the best thing 
that's ever happened to me. No doubt. This has been such a wonderful chat and we've covered everything we we could possibly have asked for um what what we're going to do is i know you you have a you have a great blog and you know we didn't discuss your husband matt um but he has a blog and we're gonna post that to the the afterthoughts section of of this and we'll get that going and our listeners can have a look through that blog and, and also maybe some helpful sites in um you know awareness and and i know that you're a big advocate of that as you mentioned and all that's left is for us to thank you so much for coming on such a pleasure such a pleasure